Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Meyer. Today, we're talking about kind of a fun subject. Um, Some of our members suggested that I discuss this a while back, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's not even a big deal. (laughs) Well, then it happened to me. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the loss of taste and smell and what we can do about it, okay? Um, It is a big deal because when it happens to you, you don't even realize it until something that's supposed to be very familiar is just simply um, not there. That's what happened to me after I had been ill. I I didn't know I'd lost my taste um, or smell because the funny thing is, is very often your brain thinks you're tasting something, but you're really not. Um, Just simply because of the familiarity. Anyway, so I was starting to suspect I wasn't tasting my food like I was supposed to. I kept saying, is this, did you put enough salt in this? Oh my gosh, mom, they'd say it's very salty. (laughs) And I just, I just simply couldn't taste what it was supposed to be like. Anyway, when I went to use some essential oil, one of my very favorite essential oils called Breathe's, which is really rich in frankincense, spruce. I mean, it's just super, super strong. And I'm, I called my daughter, I opened up the the little bottle and I called my daughter and I said, Hey, what's wrong with this oil? I can't, it, it, there's something in here. It's, it's not breathies. I can't smell anything. She goes, Oh my gosh, mom, it's, it's, it's the right oil. It's, it's real. And I I couldn't smell it at all. And then it was like, Oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you later what helped to restore my sense of smell and taste. But first of all, um, let's just talk about what could possibly cost it. I mean, you know, like the loss of taste and smell, uh, obviously, for the last two years, has been a huge source of discussion amongst people who, for those of, who have had COVID, or if their loved ones have had COVID and they're dealing with whiny people. <laughs> and it's like, why have we lost our sense of smell and taste, right? Well, honestly, I did research, and they really don't know why we lose our taste of sense of smell. There's a few theories behind it, but it's just what's causing, you know, that olfactory to shut down like that. Because it is important to understand how closely taste and smell work together. First of all, taste is actually a really complex, really a complex sense that involves the tongue, throat, roof of the mouth, and nose. In fact, the sense of smell is significantly affects how a person experiences the taste of food and drinks. So if you can't smell, you can't taste. They go hand in hand. Both smell and taste rely on chemoreception to sense the environmental input. Taste occurs via bundles of taste cells clumped together, also known as taste buds. They're located on the papilla of the tongue, across the whole tongue, and they specifically sense five main flavors, salty, sweet, sour, bitter, and then what they call, this is a new one now, it's the fifth core sense known as umami. It's kind of a, apparently it's a buzzword for monosodium glutamate because Yes, you know, let's get on the monosodium glutamate train here because I, <laughs> I'm i very angry about this whole additive in our food. It is a naturally occurring substance, and our bodies do have the ability to taste it. It's a, it's a, it's a receptor 
that it super excites the brain. So when we have monosodium glutamate in our food, we get really, really excited about it. <laughs> it's like a drug to us. It's and, and if it's naturally occurring, it's not a big deal. But if it's not naturally occurring, do not eat it. Do not let people put it in your food. There's like 12 different ways they can label monosodium glutamate in our food. Uh, if it's an added added ingredient. If it's actually listed as monosodium glutamate, that's the, the most amount that the FDA will allow in your food. Otherwise, it can be natural flavors, and there's a, a lot of different ways that they can label it. So anyway, let's not, we won't get sidetracked here, but that's not something you want in your food, trust me, because it your body will crave it all the time, and it wants it, you to keep eating it. Anyway, these taste bud receptors are activated when the five stimuli are pre present to send signals to the brain. Similarly, receptors within the nose coordinate with the activation of taste receptors to help distinguish specific tastes. Even though humans frequently perceive taste and smell as different senses, they work synergistically together to create the perception of flavor and problems with one often affect the other. So when people say that they can't taste or smell, they could be referring to partial or complete losses. That could also be describing you know, a typically unpleasant or overwhelming taste change or smell change. And that's some of the other things that we've heard in the past couple of years. <laughs> it's so funny. All I can smell is burnt toast. I'm not kidding. That was one of the other things that I experienced was I kept running downstairs to find out who was burning toast. <laughs> there wouldn't even be anybody in the kitchen. Uh, and so apparently I wasn't alone. A lot of people thought they were smelling burnt toast or something else burnt. Or they thought they were smelling just, just like musty. Uh, that's another complaint too is just a terrible musty smell or a terrible taste in their mouth. There's been a lot of different things flying around. And that's, where, like I say, we're going to talk about some of the remedies that might be helpful for those situations. Anyway, <laughs> the complete loss of taste means the person can't detect any taste at all. A distorted sense of taste is like a persistent taste in the mouth that may mask all other flavors and cause all food to taste similar. Um, typically, it causes an unpleasant taste such as foul, rancid, sour, or even metallic. Partial loss of one type of taste like bitterness, sourness, sweetness, saltiness, or umami, the monosodium glutamate, that, that super excitable sensor. Um, some people can only detect one taste, while others continue to taste the four of them, but not the fifth. Anything in between is equally possible. And like I said, medically, they really don't know what may or may not cause a change in the sense of taste and smell, but they do know that the underlying mechanism involves disruption and or inflammation of the taste buds and the olfactory or the nose smell receptors within the mouth, nose, and throat. The most common causes include, ah, oh, guess what? Viral infections like COVID-19, um, upper respiratory infections like the common cold, and ear infection can actually affect your taste of, your loss of taste and smell. Poor hygiene, we won't go into that because it's not part of this. <laughs> Exposure to toxic chemicals or insecticides, surgeries of the mouth, nose, throat, head injuries, radiation or other cancer therapy, old age, hmm, <laughs> smoking and related problems, growths in the nasal cavity such as polyp, uh, conditions that affect the nervous system, and medications like antifungals, statins, and many more. So there we go. Of course, we're always anti-medication. If it can be, you know, replaced with something else, we're always looking for something natural before we have to go to some form of medication, pharmaceutical medication, because in my book, that's always going to be a last resort. And that's not to say that some people don't have to go on them just in critical situations. But if it's going to be something long-term, oh, let's, let's find something natural if we can, right? Okay. One of the things that um, I will say 
did come up in my research was that people with IBS, uh, irritable bowel syndrome, have very often reported that they have a diminished um, food satisfaction because they can't taste or smell like they feel like they should be or like they used to be able to because they're finding that changes connected to the severity of the lower bowel gastrointestinal system um, definitely has a correlation with uh, the sense of smell and taste. You know, it's just one of those things that has come up. They don't understand it. They don't know why, but these are some of the things that people report. And then they also report that because they can't smell and taste and or their food tastes abnormal, that that very radically reduces their quality of life. And so, you know, when they're talking to the doctors, it's like, I can't smell or taste my food. And so I'm, you know, just not happy with life. Of course, everything becomes more anxious then. They, they, you know, their moods are more flexible. <laughs> they just, and so they're, they're more emotional as well. So the taste, the sense of taste and smell is really, really huge in our life. It's a gift. And so when we lose a gift, ooh, you know, we get very upset. So let's just talk about some of the things that we can do that would possibly help us to return to our, our normal state more quickly. Obviously, um, drink plenty of water. Um, especially if there's an unpleasant taste in your mouth, because that will help to reduce that and to water it down, so to speak. Uh, ginger tea or ginger ale, um, make sure it's good ginger ale with no high fructose corn syrup in it. But ginger tea is an excellent way of helping to replace sense of smell and taste. As a matter of fact, when I was in Texas with my friends, Tom and Peggy, they, Tom made me a cup of ginger tea and I had recently gotten over like the third bout of I always get COVID. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I run on um, fumes, so to speak. You know, it's the adrenaline rush, and then you just crash and burn. But I didn't get that sick. But when I did get sick, it, it left me with a lot of upper respiratory congestion. And when I talked, I felt, everybody said I sounded okay, but I felt like I was echoing. And uh, I was telling Tom about that. And he goes, here, let me fix you up. And my, my sense of taste and smell was very altered as well. And um, so he gave me just hot water with slices of ginger, raw ginger in there. And he said it has to steep 20 minutes, so we let it steep. And then I drank that, and I could not believe. The next morning, I, oh my goodness, I had such a breakup in my head, and I was better. Everything was just gone. It was just, it was literally miraculous, the way that ginger water tea made me just feel literally 100% better. Then always, always eat um, whole organic foods to help speed recovery. And you know, my favorite food for any kind of illness or recovery is always going to be soup or make sure all your ingredients are organic. Fact is, I was telling my daughter the other day that I says, when I get ready to travel this winter, I says, I've got to get myself ordered. And I told her to order me two bags of organic brown rice and I need organic barley and I need organic flour and I need all these different things for traveling because you just can't find them when you're traveling. So uh, it's very, very important to me that I have all that good soup making ingredients in my in my pantry when I travel because soup is so nourishing. It's fact is it's the number one food you can feed your spleen. Your spleen needs to be nourished, especially when you're ill. So soup is light, it's easy to digest, it's satisfying, and it does actually trigger hormones for the immune system to heal. And uh, so anyway, with all of that being said, um, soup is my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing practically to eat. But I will say in our store, and I know a lot of you don't shop on the Outpost Mercantile store. It's linked to homeopathy for mommies. So it's, it's all there. 
But we sell this stuff. It's called it's nutritional yeast, yeast. And I don't know how many of you understand what that is, but a few years ago, my Kim, my friend Kim from Kentucky introduced me to nutritional yeast, and I smelled it, and I thought, oh, it smells like dirty feet. <laughs> and she said... <laughs> I'm going to laugh, but it's one of the main ingredients in a, a lot of your whole food vitamins for its natural vitamin B that's already folated. It comes from like the skin of grapes. It's, it's not active yeast. It's not like it's something that's going to grow in your belly. It's just, it's the, they actually ended up, they end up drying, skimming the vat after these grapes have soaked. It's the same type of yeast that makes um, wine ferment and things like that, but then they dry it and it renders it inactive, but it's super rich in vitamin B and it's super good for you. And it's my main ingredient. I make all my own, um, my own homemade soups at the store here at the Outpost Mercantile. And I come up with my own spices. Of course, I use bone broth, but all of the spices that go into my soups are my own creation. And my chicken soup seasoning flavor, the main ingredient in there is that active dry yeast. Oh my gosh, it's so, so good. But then I use, of course, I use a lot of other things like cumin and the Himalayan salt and onion and garlic powder and all sorts of things. But anyway, um, that being said, it's super good for you, okay? And it really does help to boost the immune system. So anyway, lots of good foods, only good, rich, wholesome, organic foods to help you recover from, you know, having been ill. So, but all the scientists see that time is honestly the best treatment for overcoming the loss of t taste and smell. Um, but addressing the root cause, you know, enjoying selected tolerable foods and eating whole food-based diet is also very good. And, um... So I thought it was kind of fun, too. One of the things that they said, too, is eat plenty of spices. And some of the gals on our forum had discussed the fact that they ate hot peppers. And that helped to reestablish their sense of taste and smell. So I thought that was really fun, too. <laughs> okay, I don't know how brave I would be there. Even though I couldn't taste and smell, I would be afraid of it burning my mouth or my intestinal tract. Because I'm kind of sensitive. Not super, super sensitive, but kind of. So anyway, with that being said, we're going to move on. And we're going to start talking about some of the homeopathic remedies. But first of all, for our members on the members corner, they will have a printable here. And it literally says just loss of taste and smell. And what I've done is I pulled many, many rubrics. And when I say a rubric, remember that's a symptom. So one of the main rubrics that I pulled is just simply smell or loss of. In other words, wanting. So if something has is gone out of our lives, we often want that. And so that's one of the, the ways that a rubric can be listed. Smell, loss of, wanting. And it's quite a large rubric. There's over 200 remedies listed, I believe, here. So what I've done is then I went back and then I pulled some more rubric, like smell, loss of, wanting, taste, with loss of. So they have lost their sense of smell and also their loss of taste. And the smell diminished, taste and diminished. So this, and now this rubric is just the smell and taste is diminished, not completely gone. And here's one, they have a loss of smell. So with those two, what I've done is I've compared the different remedies within those. And so I've pulled all of the remedies that are in all three of them. So loss of taste of, loss of, boo, excuse me, loss of smell and taste, diminished smell and taste, and then loss of smell. And I've pulled all of those and um, all of the remedies that came up in all three of those rubrics. I found, I, like I said, I pulled them and then we're going to talk about all of those remedies. And then also one of the main rubrics for loss of smell after the flu 
loss of taste after the flu is magnesium muraticum. And I found that really, really interesting because one of the things that people had when they were when they were ill was a lot of cramping. And so magnesium is one of the first things that I would suggest for these, these patients. And um, oddly enough, they may have lost their sense of smell and taste a little bit, but not as much as the persons who weren't taking magnesium. And I did not even associate it because I didn't think the sense of loss and taste and smell was that big a deal. So I never really, really pulled the rubrics for it. And so that's why I think this is a really good podcast so that we can see, yeah, how the correlation is. And so then also um, when I pulled these rubrics, I've got some a couple of remedies that I've never used before. And I found them extremely interesting. So the first remedy is made from peach tree bark. And that remedy is called amygdalus persica. The main rubric is loss of taste and smell with gastric and intestinal irritation when the tongue is elongated and pointed, may have red edges. There can be morning sickness, nausea, and vomiting. The next remedy is anacardium. And this remedy, sense of smell is perverted. The smell or loss can be, it can be lost or acute. And then they may even have that illusion of smelling burning tinder or toast. <laughs> There you go. You know, all the different all the different phases that we go through when we're ill. That was a that is a fun remedy right there. Okay, antimonium tart. Antimonium tart. Oh, the other thing too is I will say is you know, there's certain remedies in this world that we really have an affinity for or don't have an affinity for. I when I found out about the remedy anacardium years and years ago, I had to kind of laugh because I think that there's a time in everyone's life when they need anacardium. Very often it's that child who is at that age of reason, um, like the seven or eight year old. They've been taught right from wrong. And yet now they're a biggie boy or a biggie girl and they have to make that decision for themselves. They know mommy can't see them, but now they're fighting, you know, okay, I know it's wrong, but if mom doesn't see me, does it really matter type of thing, you know? And that's that anacardium, that, that fight between good and evil, you know, devil on one side, angel on the other, and being fought over. And everyone has, goes through that at, at a particular time in their life. And so, if some people go through it their entire life. <laughs> but anyway, I just, it's a really good remedy for many, many people. And so, even when you're ill, um, you know, there's certain people that um, will have, like, say, for instance, constipation. And then they'll just, you know, the description. And I'll say, oh, take a dose of anacardium. And they're better. It's quite amazing. I, I love this remedy. And it's one that um, I think we should always have in our little first aid kit because it is a good remedy for many, many things. Okay. Antimonium tart. Again, this is a really good remedy to have in your first aid kit as well because it's that, um, you know, we, we, we know this remedy for that wet lung sound, like the coughing and it sounds wet. So it's great for emphysema, coughs, you know, any sort of lung disorders and pneumonia. Um, and then, of course, the stoppage of the nose alternating with fluent coryza. So it can be, you know, the sense of smell and taste can be lost just simply because of that fluent coryza and even sneezing. And it can really affect the nasal passages to the point where you lose your sense of smell and taste. Another remedy that's really interesting here is chloroform. 
Um, it's chloroformum is the name of the remedy. It's a most noteworthy remedy for the effect of complete relaxation of all the voluntary muscles of the body, paralyzing the respiration and or the heart. It can have a complete loss of smell and it can even last for up to two months along with morning sickness. Um, much perspiration all over the face and chest, drowsy, dizzy, um, lips can be dry and the throat can be dry and tickly. There can be a cough at night, regurgitation, or you know, in other words, vomiting, sharp pain in the right chest when he takes a long breath. So that remedy, again, I think would have been a really good remedy for a lot of patients if we would have stopped to think about it or at least do the research here. So um, like I said, that this one is the one that has the most complete loss of smell in the remedies that we're going to pull up today. And this, like I say, this one can last the longest. Okay, Croton Tiglium. Uh, this remedy is, it doesn't specifically list loss of taste and smell in a bold way, but it has a lot of cholera, colds, coughs, diarrhea, all, a lot of different gastrointestinal issues, respiratory issues. Um, this oil is best known for its powerful, as a powerful purgative, purgative, as an irritant of the skin. The characteristic of, um, for the stool is sudden evacuation in one gush, like a shot, followed by great prostration. So it, it comes up in the rubrics, very strong, but at the same time, it's not one of the specific great symptoms of croton tiglium, but there can be a loss of taste and smell. Hepersolf, this one comes up as well, but it's not huge. It's not a big rubric for loss of taste and smell, but Hepersolf we know to be one of the top infection remedies. Um, and the, one of the kickers about this is there can be a soreness of the nostrils and catarrhal troubles, but the air feels cold when they, they breathe in. So when they inhale, the nose, the, no, the air can feel cold in the nose and it can be stopped up. The nose can be stopped up in the cold air. Hyascomus is closely allied to Belladonna. Clark said that he was able to cure a boy with influenza um, where it attacked the meninges of the brain and he had terrible pains in the head. And obviously when anything affects the brain, the, neuro, the neurological system, it can affect also everything in the upper respiratory. So loss of taste and smell. And here's another one that, I, that came up. I remember when COVID first hit and I cannot remember which doctor, I think it was an Indian doctor, or possibly it was Isaac Golden, I'm not sure, um, who suggested the remedy Justica for COVID. And it has, it's an amazing little remedy. Clinically, it's for allergies, loss of appetite, asthma, spitting of blood, bronchitis, colds, constipation, coryza, coughs, depression, dyspnea, which is, you know, difficult breath, Fevers, hay fever, jaundice, pneumonia, sneezing, thirst, tuberculosis, vomiting, whooping cough, um, cough with tightness of the chest as if it would burst with bronchial rattle, obstruction of breath, and sneezing. Don't you find that's one of the things that came up all the time with that stupid COVID is everybody was sneezing all the time. And uh, I have found that sneezing is associated with not just, you know, we think of it for allergies, things like that. But anytime the mucous membranes are affected or inflamed, it causes sneezing. And even so the mucous membranes, remember, go every from your nose and mouth all the way through your entire body, all the way to the anus. 
all mucous membranes and it's all attached. So when there's something going on in our intestinal tract, it's also going on in our head, in our you know, nose, mouth, and vice versa. So sneezing was one of the main, a huge, uh, huge symptom before people got really, really ill. Um, anyway, that remedy also has a loss of smell and taste. And then Calibic, of course, we, we associate that with sinus infections, with a thick, sticky, ropey, stringy, tough yellow-green mucus. Um, and it's not super specific to loss of taste and smell, other than the fact it's because we're so congested. And here's another remedy. I found this really interesting. It's called. It's a remedy made from duckweed. It's called Lemna Minor, uh, atrophic rhinitis, polyps, rhinitis, foul smell from the nose, and foul taste in the morning on waking, dryness of the nasopharynx, um, nasal obstruction from the from an edematous condition. So that's a, another remedy that I'm not real familiar with. And then of course magnesium muraticum. It's coryza with loss of taste and smell. So that runny nose with loss of taste and smell. Um, and then I, I added a remedy here. It was a tiny remedy, and it wasn't even brought up in all three. And I'm almost embarrassed because this is the remedy I would always tell people to take. It came up in loss of smell or wanting or loss of smell. It did come up as a large rubric there, but it did not come up in the other two remedies so strong. But I had to throw it in here because this is what this is what brought my taste and smell back, and um, it was lycopodium. Lycopodium may, is made from club moss, and it's again this is like anacardium. I think there's a time in almost everyone's life where they need lycopodium, even if it's not from a digestive issues. Um, it can be from lack uh, fright from being standing in front of people talking or presenting, you know. A speech or something like a podium is an amazing remedy. Um, excessive acuteness of smell, coryza with acrid discharge, making the upper lips sore. Um, coryza of almost all kinds, obstruction of the nostrils, especially at night, and which prevents respiration except through the mouth. Oversensitive smell. So, like I said, this is the remedy I took it in a 200C and it, it restored my sense of smell and taste. Okay, and then we have natrum muraticum and it lists loss of taste and smell, um, grief of long standing, fever blisters, sweats while eating, especially on the face, watery discharges, hay fever, and allergies. It's probably the number one allergy remedy as far as just that watery discharge for allergies. I love that remedy. And once you restore the balance of sodium in the body, very often everything else just follows suit. Balance will come into all systems. Phosphorus. Nosebleeds of children, nosebleeds, oversensitive smell, faints from the smell of flowers, sneezing, worse odors, smoke and dyspnea, loss of smell and taste. Pulsatilla, stoppage of nose with loss of smell and taste and appetite. That, and again, this is very constitutional. Chronic bland yellow discharge, stopped nose in the house, affluent in the open air, sneezing, especially even in sleep. Um, rhodium, and this is uh, the yellow snowflower. Um, this is paroxymal sneezing, um, diminished smell, one-sided nasal obstruction. So it's not so much as just loss of taste and smell, but it, again, there is very specifics to the expectoration or the, the, the nasal discharge, crumbly expectoration, bruised, sprained feeling in the chest, breathless and speechless from violent pleuratic pains. And silica, pure flint, timidity, obstructed, obstructed, and loss of smell. So the nose is obstructed. I had a friend, she called me 
and she was in Florida. This is a few years ago. And there was a hurricane about to hit. And she said, Sue, I have the worst sinus infection I've ever had in my entire life. And she said, I, I've tried everything. I don't know what to do. So I took her case and I said, oh, I'm so, we're going to lose, we're going to lose power here. And I'm scared for you. And I know she said me too, because I just have been so sick anyway. And so we gave her, she had like three remedies that she could try and she pulled those remedies. So when they lost power, <laughs> she would have, <laughs> anyway, so I worried about her for the whole, the whole hurricane. They sure enough, everybody lost power and so on and so forth. I can't remember. It was maybe even a week later when I finally was able to get a hold of her again. And she goes, oh, no, I took silica. And it come instantly. She said it was miraculous how, how quickly my um, nose unclogged. And she said, and I felt very well. <laughs> Another one is stichta. Um, this is from lungwort, bronchitis, coughs, hay fever, lung disorders, fullness of the, at the root of the nose. Um, Nux vomica has obstruction of the nose. Loss of taste and smell. Um, very often the chryza will dry up and form scabs inside the nose and they're difficult to dislodge. Um, and then we have tucrium and I, we always think of like parasites when we hear the word tucrium. Um, it's for concussions after, um, after injuries. Um, moldy taste in the throat, dry cough, tickling in the trachea, vomiting, hiccups, threadworms, nasal polyps, and loss of sense of smell. So there we have it. Those are the main remedies that came up when I pulled the rubrics, you know, loss of smell, diminished smell and taste, loss of taste, loss of smell. And um, so there you have it, folks. <laughs> Might be a bit after the fact, but, you know, it, it seems to be an ongoing problem. It, it's not something that's just going away. It People are still complaining about, you know, having the latest version and the, their smell is distorted or They've lost their taste or whatever. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I know I really enjoyed this one. I have to admit, <laughs> I, I did. It was fun. I wish I would have done it a year ago. But anyway, I hope it did help. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.